Welcome to the Student of the Game podcast with Tim Stone, where I sit down with successful entrepreneurs to extract the knowledge you need to increase your income and avoid simple mistakes. You learn from their failures so you don't have to go through the same thing. I hope that you find one lesson you can apply to your life from this episode. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Student of the Game. I'm Tim Stone here with our special guest today, Mr. John Wetmore with Family First Life Agent Force. Agent Force? Agency Force? I messed that Agent up. Agent Force. Nice. Agent Force. Right, okay. You got it right the first time. Okay. Well, well thank you, John, for being here. Um, real quick, uh, we met a couple of years ago. We've kind of stayed in touch through social media. But yeah. r- remind me, everyone listening, what is it exactly you do? And then we'll dive right into it. Yeah, well, I'm in the, in the life insurance space. Life insurance specifically is the majority of what we do. Um, life annuities, fixed index annuities. Um, I actually got started in the insurance space like 11 years ago, selling part. Got into part-time sales, just as an individual agent. Um, you know, for those that understand the insurance business, probably makes sense. Those that don't, you can actually build an agency within most companies. Um, so I chose to to take that path. Um, so I sold insurance at a really low level at the beginning because I sucked. Um, I quit a couple times early on and then uh, realized I was I was the problem. <laughs> so figured out how to sell a bunch by doing a lot of trainings, got some really good mentorship, um, figured out how to make multiple six figures selling life insurance. Started building a team and training on it and teaching others how to do it, um, mostly through hard work and consistency and discipline. Nothing, nothing y'all probably haven't heard before. And uh, depending how deep you want to get, we fast forward and skip 10 years. Our agency has about 2,000 agents a month sell issue a policy. Um, mm. we'll, probably, we'll probably have, I don't know, 4,000 something ind- individual writing agents this year um, throughout the whole team, all throughout the country. And uh, we'll sell a couple hundred million dollars worth of, of life insurance this year. So. Been a been a journey. Now I help manage it all. You know, we got a lot of help, a lot of team teammates, staff, and uh, yeah. So ten year build into that. Yep. Most of it really in the last seven. The first three I didn't do anything. Okay, so th- there's a couple pieces in that that I want to learn. And, and first is yeah. like, how do you sell enough to start earning that kind of money? And then the the big piece of growing the business, recruiting the team, is is how you yeah. can. It, just in that industry, from what I understand, is how you can build significant wealth. But everybody, everybody can't start with four thousand agents under them. No, uh, I started with one, bro. Right, exactly. Me. It was me. So, so s- starting out, did you have any sales experience at first? Nah, I was Nothing. in the. I got into the. I messed up and got into the mortgage industry once for like half a second before it fell apart in 07, 08. Okay, I was in it. I was in it under a year. That was I, my background is. I was, I was restaurant for four years in my early twenties. I did a warehouse for four years. You ran a restaurant. I worked at little Caesars restaurant. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I eventually became the quote unquote manager. Um, so not like entrepreneur restaurant. I worked at a little, literally little Caesars for four years. I worked in a warehouse loading trucks for four years into my mid twenties. Um, then I decided to go to school. Uh, to get a degree. I got an accounting degree in my late twenties and I did accounting, accounting work, not CPA, but like corporate type accounting books, AP, stuff like that. Um, did that for 10 years. And then, um, again, I got into mortgages for a hot minute. That was my first introduction to like the 1099 sales world. My uncle was a cop up north. I'm from Boston. 
originally. I live in, obviously, you know this, I live in Atlanta now. Um, but he was a cop and he sold mortgages on the side and he got me into it. And this was like, Oh six. And okay. for those that are old enough to remember Oh seven, the world fell apart. Um, so I made a few bucks for a hot minute, literally under a year. I was like, Ooh, money is the first time I ever seen money in my life. And, uh, unfortunately I thought it was gonna like be the everlasting gold rush of cash. And that did not happen. And I bought, I say I bought, I financed a bunch of crap thinking I could pay it. Mm. And about a year later, they took it all away. So I lost, lost the little bit I had lost a house, lost a car, bankrupt, got a divorce. And, uh, you know, went back to accounting for four or five years. And then in 2012, a buddy of mine that I met in the, in, in the mortgage industry hit me up on Facebook and uh, introduced me to insurance. And there's a lot of similarities to mortgage and insurance. So it was, mm. a, it, it made sense to me at the time. Um, so that's what, that's what got me into it. Literally. I was, I, so I got five kids. I don't know if, how much you know about me. You probably don't know that. Yeah. I got five kids. Okay. Um, had my first, I found out at 16, I was having a baby. Wow. So she was, she was born at when I was 17. And, uh, so she's 20, she'll be 29 soon in October. And then I got four more. My youngest is 11. And uh, so I was broke, man, my whole life. Grew up on welfare, single mom, grew up in the hood. I was like living in government housing till I was like early 20s. I didn't, I didn't own a house till the first time I ever, me, my family, anyone. Like I, didn't, I grew up in apartments and buildings. So I bought my first house at like 30, 28, something like that. And uh, again, five kids. But I, was, I made 40 grand a year. That was before insurance. That's that was it. I was making 40 grand a year doing accounting work and mm. paycheck to paycheck and you know, struggling to take care of the kids and everything I needed to take care of. And I was tired of it. And thankfully yeah. insurance got introduced, man. And it, it's changed my world for yeah. sure. But so, so having a kid at 17, you were, man. you're still in school and you stayed in man. college. You got an accounting degree. Like what is that was later. Yeah. So was I was later. A, okay. I was so you went senior. back and got an accounting degree. I went to college later. Yeah. I didn't go to college okay. right out of high school. I had to work obviously. I had a right. Kid. Yeah. You got, um, bills yeah. So I did that thing where you like, leave school during the day to go work that work release mm -hmm. thing, whatever they call it. Um, so I did that my senior year, she was born in October, my senior year. So my whole senior year, I was working, paying daycare, you know, at the time this was 94 mm -hmm. into 95, I graduated in 95. So I was paying daycare for like 80 bucks a week while I was in high school diapers, you know, the whole deal. And, uh, after high school, I stayed at the restaurant and I was just working like 70 hours a week at, at the restaurant to do what I could to, pay the bills and formula and diapers. And, you know, I was a kid with a kid. We, we yeah. grew up together, me and my daughter. Yeah. I say, we, we well, grew up well, together. I, and, and I'm sure we'll get more into the story, but, um, what, what do you think would have happened if your friend ever messaged you about an opportunity in insurance? Man. So what's funny is, and I, are they still in the industry? Yeah, he they is. Are. Yeah. His. He, yep, he still is. Yeah. Okay. He, um, so I, funny enough, um, I was looking, I had got kind of, I say climb my way. I worked for a, a company local in Atlanta that was like in bankruptcy when they hired me. Mm -hmm. And so I climbed my way up to be their controller. And it was really only because they couldn't afford staff. And they're like, well, you've been here. You're in charge of, of the books. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was a halfway decent at accounting again. I don't know taxes or any of that stuff, but again, I'm a, I'm an account, I'm a spreadsheet nerd. I know numbers and math and it, I did okay at it. Um, and funny enough, right when I was kind of at this crossroads of what to do, I actually got offered a job, um, 
to start as the controller and the, the five-year plant was owned by these brothers in Atlanta. I was just recycling joint and uh, they hired me on their five-year plan was for, to within five years, have me take it over, have someone to take it over. They mm-hmm. wanted a five-year, they were done. And they said, so they wanted to build someone to like run it um, in the next five years. And I got offered the job. I accepted it. And, uh, but I wouldn't have been able to do insurance. Cause that was like, it would have been a huge, huge time. Cause it was a totally different role than what I was used to. My yeah, prior like accounting, CEO, I went president of the company. Yeah, it was, was going to get there. That was the goal. Yeah. I wasn't hired as that. I was hired as their controller. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal was literally learn the business inside and out and eventually run it. So they were like, dude, you, you got to be committed at 60, 70 hour. It was like, whereas my prior accounting job was cush. I went in at seven thirty to four Monday through Friday. You know what I mean? It was very easy. Just go in, do your stuff, pay the bills, go. Yeah. Um, and this was going to pay me, I think, like seventy or something at the time, whatever it was. And so I took the job because I was excited. Um, but then the insurance thing came up like simultaneously, and I kind of had to pick. And I was like, ah, man. Yeah. And I don't. I didn't really want to be in a job. I don't like being told what to do a lot uh, people it's secure like, though <laughs> yeah man it was and i again i had i had yeah. tried it in the mortgage industry and lost everything so i was nervous again i'm not a sales background i'm not sales trained at all i'm, I'm a little bit of like a hustler i kind of my mm-hmm. whole life i mean i'll sell this that or the other thing to make a couple bucks candy in school cds yeah. when i was a kid they just you got stuff. to yeah, you got to be. You know, so I've always had a little hustle in me, but I've never been like a sales guy. I don't know sales, um, but I can push some stuff. Like I, I'm convincing. I think you know, persistent. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> you I, have to be. I, I struggled, man, and uh, my wife and I like the day, like the Friday before I was supposed to start this job, we decided that I was going to give the insurance thing a try because the potential was more. You know, and it wasn't a job, and it wasn't commuting, and it wasn't sixty hours a week to some boss who I didn't even know. I didn't, I mean, I don't know this guy. He just hired me. I'm like, this could be miserable for all I know. And my personality, I don't do well with like strict, like ah, all the, I just, I, I clash a little bit. I've had a lot of jobs in my career. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So I decided the, the Friday before I was supposed to start, I, I sent him a message and I bailed. I'm like, I, I appreciate the offer, but I've changed my mind. I'm not going to do it. And I decided to, to, to take the insurance route, man. So I'd be, I'd be an accountant somewhere probably. Yeah. Maybe, who knows? Yeah. Maybe the CEO maybe, of that company. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, but it wouldn't have paid what I, with this pace. I'll tell you that. Exactly. No Just the, no the opportunity chance. kind of in to, to be part of someone else's vision. Cause I'm a little bit familiar with the, with the business is like, in a way you're an entrepreneur, but kind of an entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. you get to build your own business, but like yeah. in the end, all the fulfillment operations, everything on a lot of stuff is taken care of, yeah. which is cool. You just get to sell and generate yes. income. Yeah. yeah. It's very entrepreneur-like uh, is, is yeah. what I do specifically. It's not like I rolled out of bed and started a company here. Yeah. In a, in a way you did, but also didn't like company yes. within a company, which is great. Correct. Yeah. yeah great correct. opportunity. Yeah. Um, so you start out, what is like you have, I'm assuming not a huge network, no, not much nothing. experience. I was leads. It was all by leads. So I got so into by the it. leads. Yeah. Okay. So I got into the space. And what, what year was this? This was 2012. 2012. Okay. Uh, yeah. So funny enough, I got my license in 2010. I call, I, I picked up the phone one time. I called leads for the first time ever. Um, Cause in the mortgage industry rates were so low. I was just refinancing my coworkers. 
Yeah. I mean, I had a buddy who was a real estate agent. He'd send me stuff every once in a while. And like, who cares? I wasn't like prospecting. So this is the first time I had to like work the phones and be told no a lot. And so I get on the phones and, uh, I, I do, I spent like 30 minutes calling these leads and they were like, I already got it taken care. I'm not interested. Just blow me off. And I was like, nah, I ain't doing this. And I quit for two years. And that's when my buddy hit me up two years later. Mm. Um, so first year, um, I was part-time and, uh, the reason I got into it, there's tons of different opportunity in the insurance space. There's so many lines, there's so many little niches, there's high end clients, low final expense. There's, th- I mean, there's so many things, you know, I, and so I ended up in the world where it's all, it's very heavy, simplified issue. You know, there's like not blood work and things like that. And it's not high end. We're not going after whales, you know, it's mm-hmm. like everyday Joe's literally like everyday people, middle income America is the target. And the, the hook was the marketing that I fell into was this, this concept called mortgage protection. Okay. Right? Explain and that so, to me. So when you, do you have a mortgage by chance or no? I, I have commercial mortgages. I actually okay. don't own the house I live in. <laughs> yeah. All good. Well, yeah. I don't know how it works in the commercial world, but when you do a residential mortgage, it's public record mm. and many industries pull that public record and they market to new homeowners because it's, it's leads. It's like, it's really public data. You can pull it and you can market to anybody who buys a house. So the second you purchase a home, your information becomes public record. So these insurance companies took this marketing angle of saying, Hey, why don't we find people who want, we can sell life insurance to, to protect their mortgages. So anyone that bought a mortgage, they'd market gotcha. to this, that they'd send junk mail to mm-hmm. new homeowners and go, Hey, if you want to take care of your mortgage in the event of your death, fill this form out, send it back. Gotcha. And I was like, I understand mortgages. I'm like, well, hell sounds kind of like what you. I used. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, sounds interesting. So that's how I got into it was because it was, it made sense to me. Cause I'm like, I know the mortgage lingo. Yeah. I didn't realize to be honest, when I started, it was just life insurance. The mortgage protection is literally just marketing. It's just an angle. Yeah. You know, like final expense. It's just insurance. It's just for your expenses. It, is it, is it exactly the same product or is it a little bit different? Yeah. Because no, it's the same. It's the same exactly thing. Yeah. yeah. Now again, it's simplified issue. So there's a difference right. between simplified issue and a fully underwritten. Cause you hear life insurance and you're like, I don't need that. But if you hear, well, what if, what if you die and your family Correct. can't pay the mortgage? Yeah. That, that makes sense. That's something that was the hook. you think you need. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is genius. You know, mm-hmm. and it was just an in. And so keep hey, life insurance, your work stuff, all that. That typically was for like income replacement. That's why most people had it. So when mm-hmm. I die, X amount of income for X amount of years, all good. So this was just a way to go like, put that over. And I didn't create this. I just fell into it. Put this over here. Let's take care of the house now. You know, and it was, mm-hmm. it was, that made total sense to me. And again, I knew the language, new recent homeowner. I dealt with those types of clients doing the, doing the mortgage business a few years earlier. So I felt comfortable having that conversation, you know, mm-hmm. where if I fell into like a, and nothing against this company, but I would name it like an Allstate or Northwest Mutual, like chasing big policies, fully underwritten, like you have to network and mark. I would have never done that. I'm not built for that. So this was like lead based so that you could buy the leads and someone filled it out saying, I'm interested in this. I was like that I can do, you know? Yeah. So it's, that's how I fell into it. And it's just, it's a little niche in the insurance space and it does hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in sales, billions probably at this, if I factored in every company, just our company will do like the whole hierarchy. Um, my agency would do like 200 million. The whole company would be like 800 plus. So, 
all the companies in it, there's billions of this stuff sold. It's just an angle, man. And, uh, it made sense. And I was like, all right, I can, I can do that. And I, I'm still in the same space. Again, okay. I was going to ask, is that mostly what you do still? Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly changed just the way the world works today. Yeah. Direct mail. Online advertising. Yeah. Mortgages rates are different. Not as many mortgages are being held. So we certainly were in the final expense. We do a lot of IULs, a lot of annuities, a lot of like just Google searches for insurance today. And you know, direct mail has definitely changed in the last mm-hmm. 10 years. It was heavy, yeah. heavy, heavy direct mail when I started. It's not so heavy that anymore, but again, yeah. it's, it's Facebook and same, Google have it's changed the same a lot since then. Yeah. Yeah. If you Google and want the same concept, I'll give you the same policy that, it, I mean, I own the policy and I didn't do it to protect my mortgage and I own yeah. one of them. I own hell. I own a few of them. Yeah. You know? So, so uh, it's, it's just the angle. I, I, I'm curious your perspective on life insurance as an investment vehicle. And yeah, I, I think, yeah, just, just like I, I have a little bit of an understanding of it and I have yeah. life insurance, Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I I always say it's I'm I'm much more of like a I'm not big into like the or like this or that I'm like can we do hand yeah so I think there's I have I have a lot of everything I have IRA I have Roth I have a four one k I have insurance I have cash back policies I have an IUL which is probably what you're kind of thinking of mm-hmm. um, I have them for my kids I think they're great vehicles you know I think the upside of using insurance is versus another vehicle and not saying one's better than the other they're just different. Um, but the upside of using insurance as a vehicle versus, say, any other form of savings, any of the ones I just named that I also have, if you save for six months in a 401k and you drop dead, you got six months worth of money. Yeah. Whereas if you if you do it through an insurance vehicle, you have the death benefit right away, too. So yeah. it kind of so hedges. The, the one thing both sides are betting on that's for sure going to happen Correct. is that you're going to you have that immediately. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I, I got, I, I, I got those types of policies like this. I'm a big, like the index universal life. A lot of people mm-hmm. use, I personally own cash back policies, meaning the regular term policies, mine, you pay on for 20 years. If you die in the 20 years, you get the death benefit. If you don't, you get all the money back. Okay. Right. But there's that, no interest earned. It's just yeah. straight cash back, which I ha- I have on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have on me and my kids an IUL, which is a little bit different in the sense that you put money into it. You overfund it, so there's a death benefit. But when you, the death benefit cost X, but I put in Y. Mm-hmm. The difference between X and Y is its value in an account. It, it grows. It, grow. it grows yeah. cash value over the years, and again, immediate death benefit. So, like my son Maddox, I got his when he was born. It's hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. It got him like two hundred grand worth of life insurance at zero, which sounds obscene, but whatever. So I still, it's still hundred bucks a month. I'll pay a hundred bucks a month on his till he's, you can choose when, but my plan is to pay it till, have it paid till he's 60. At 60, the cash value and the death benefit, death benefit will be worth 2 million bucks ish. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you don't know exactly, but in mm. the projections are, you know, somewhere in the million and a half, $2 million range. And then he'll be able to take tax-free withdrawals out six figures a year till he dies. And there's still a death benefit. Now, God forbid something happens to him. Again, at zero, he had 200 grand. When he's 20, it'll probably be worth half a million bucks. So he won't have to worry about qualifying for insurance. He got it as cheap as he's ever going to get it. You know, and I just get to hand it off and go, here you go, dude. Life is good. Here's your insurance. You know, eventually he'll he'll take it over and start paying it. But for a hundred bucks when you're born, like he ain't going to get insurance cheaper than that ever, ever. Yeah. And again, more importantly, insurance is really bought with your age and your health. 
you can have all the money you want. If you're too old or too sick, you ain't getting it. Right. You he know, could so be it, two years old and you find out he's sick. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like the idea of locking something in also. Um, so I think it's a good vehicle. I don't, I definitely don't think it's the only vehicle people should use, but I think it's a really damn good mm-hmm. one. Yeah. You, know? and, uh, you always hear it's, it's become pretty popular to talk about it on is. social media, but you yeah, always hear about all the cool kids are doing it now. Yeah. yeah. It's the build, be your own bank and all that hundred yeah. percent. And it yeah. works. Yeah. I mean, hell the wealthy do it. Insurance, insurance companies are built this way. Big corporations have insurance companies built into the, I mean, wealth is built through insurance for sure. That's why they're valued at they're some of the most valuable companies yeah. on the planet. You never hear about insurance companies going out of business. <laughs> no, nah, man, they know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. So, so in your industry and what you do, what I'm really curious about is like, what does it take to make a million dollars? That's some, that's a personal goal of mine this year is to make a million dollars. So I'm yeah. wanting to learn from a lot of people on like, what does it take? Cause I believe a lot of the skills translates different industries. 100%. Um, I yeah. make a lot of my money in real estate, but okay. It, yeah, I'm also in different financial services, taxes, accounting, all that stuff. Got it. And I, got it. I think a lot of the skills translate. So I want to know yeah. what you've learned over this, building your team, doing a ton of sales, yeah. tons of phone calls. Like what is, what do you think it takes to do that? Yeah, I think, I think there's certainly universal principles to success. They're pretty common. You know, I'm probably ain't going to say anything that you haven't heard before. But in this industry, I've done it. And if someone's in this industry, I can tell you what in this industry to specifically do to make more money. But the mm-hmm. concepts are no different, man. It's working hard, being consistent, excuse me, consistent, disciplined. And I had to I had to really learn people at a high level. Communication skills were super important because I was not good at that at the beginning. I was a terrible communicator. Um, um, how I, did I get you get fr- better at that? I didn't have a choice, dude, because enough people told me I was the problem. You know, yeah. when I would, when I would complain about clients not buying or agents quitting or whatever, it was, it was very common for them to be like, well, dude, you did treat them like crap or you did say this, this, you know what I mean? I just, there was frustration a lot. There was like, especially early on with clients, I would like, when I got objections, I didn't know how to handle it. So I would like kind of more of an argumentative standpoint and we would butt heads mm-hmm. a lot. You know, and I would go back to guys that were trying to teach me this. And I'm like, well, they said this. And I'm like, what'd you say? I'm like some wise ass comment about, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like I just, I had bad, I didn't, I didn't know how to do it right. I didn't understand the level of control you can have in a conversation through questions and kind of your body language and not, not showing emotion when something doesn't go the way you expect it. And I had to kind of learn all that stuff. And thank God I had good people teaching me along the way, I had some really good mentors along the way, you know, when you do, when you work hard, man, a lot of people will help. I've learned, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer, to you implement it too. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the best thing you can do for someone that's willing, willing to teach you is like the biggest compliment you can do is execute it. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I fortunately had that. I'd always worked hard my whole life. So that was the easy part when I realized I, you know, at the beginning of insurance, I thought I had to be really phenomenal at insurance. And I, I struggled with mm-hmm. that. I was always trying to like learn the perfect way to say this or overcome this objection or the product guru. And I'm not saying those things aren't important, but man, you can be mediocre at those things. And if you work hard, like if I see twice as many clients as you see, I can probably outsell you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably going to be pretty hard for you to get twice as good. You know what I mean? After right. a minute, like there's a cap on how good you can get. 
but working hard, man, I could, I could see a ton mm. of clients. Now there's a cap there also, yeah, there's also a cap comes that into the see, team yeah. building, you know, but at the beginning again, in, the, in sales, man, most people are nowhere near that individual cap. So my mm. strategy became, let me outwork folks. Right. And, and, and you account, just get more reps in by, yeah, uh, I became a big fan. Of, I'm like a do more. My, I have this like concept or this theory of like do more now and get better later. You know, where most people want to get better before they do a bunch. They want to get really good before they start. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, let me just do a bunch of it. And by default, I'll get good. You know, so I started seeing a lot of clients. I, I would I would see like 30, I would schedule to try to see like 30 people a week. In our space, you definitely get blown off a bunch. It's the insurance guy. They mm-hmm. definitely blow you off. So if I could see, I don't know, two thirds of them, it'd be it'd be great. So if I could see 20 people a week and... Hell, if I suck and sell a quarter of them, that's five sales a week. If I have a decent week, I sell 10, you mm-hmm. know, and in our space, I mean, hell, a policy, uh, average everyday policy, 500 is super conservative to make on a commission. Thousand bucks is pretty reasonable to make on a, on a, on an average policy. It's nothing earth shattering. Yeah. So if I can do that, you know, four, five, five six, eight, ten times a yeah. week, if, you know what I mean? And certainly things fall off in the insurance space. You know what I mean? People cancel. Yeah, people things cancel. Happen. Yeah. But. You know, so we have individual to answer your question about the million bucks. I never made a million selling individually in one year by myself, but people do. Mm-hmm. Um, the most I made was I crack under, I was like a little over 400. I did like 460 in sales and certainly some fell off, but you know, about 460 grand ish. Um, after all was said and done is the, the highest I made in individual sales. But like our top guys now, there's guys that do over a million a year in individual sales. Now they work mm-hmm. their face off. Yeah. Do the math. A thousand bucks. What's a million bucks? 80 grand, 20 grand a week. Yeah. Right. So 20 apps a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, five days a week. It's, yeah. It's you got four apps a day. 50, 60 appointments to get that. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. They're running 50, 60, 70 appointments a week. They run like, they work yeah. like animals, you know, yeah. that's not for everybody. And I don't think it's the best long-term solution, but you can certainly do it. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I, I wanted to have a good balance of, of, and again, I come from making 40 grand, dude. So yeah, 400 is pretty nice. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. Life is 10 years of work in a year. You know, and that took me three years to get there. I didn't do that. I didn't walk into this thing, killing it. You know, first year I made like 60 grand. Second year I made like 120 or 140 or something like that. And then third year is where I, I, the third year is where I was like, Oh dang. Cause Mm -hmm. I started putting in way more reps. Yeah. And then with the reps. Were you getting a lot of referrals at that point? Or dude, I was really bad at referrals, to be honest. Yeah. I was re- I I fell into like, let me just buy a bunch of leads and go see a bunch of people. If mm-hmm. I could, if I could have fixed anything, I'd have definitely got more. I got some. Mm-hmm. You know, and I still have clients call me to this day. I haven't sold a policy in six years, and I still have clients call me. So I give out to my agents and things today. Um, but I, I wasn't there's some guys I know not in the space. I'm pretty connected in the space. I do a lot of events and speaking and things. And there's some guys that would throw up at the lead strategy, but it worked for me. You know what I mean? It's like, and it was very duplicatable. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I liked. I was looking for duplication and I can very easily teach you buy X amount of leads, do X amount of phone calls, book X amount of appointments, make X amount of money. And I'm not saying you can't teach referrals. It's just a little bit more of a skill set, I believe. Yeah. You know, I, I think you got to get good at it. And I, I wasn't the best. I'd got some. Yeah. But that's something I'm trying to get better at. Yeah. yeah. Cause well, what, I, what I'm trying to focus on, if, if in a, in a sales environment or sales call, either close a sale, get a referral or recruit yeah. them. 
yeah. <laughs> is is, yeah, is yeah. one of the things you should go for or yeah. all three for sure um, yeah, why not yeah or two of the three or whatever sure. um should be the purpose of it so it's like okay you, like you make enough money to do this and you need it you should do it who yeah. else do you know that is like you that should do it or you don't make enough money join our team we'll help you make more money yeah but that's that's kind of the idea yeah. um, i know some guys that kill it on referrals man mm-hmm. i may manifest you it just uh, it wasn't it's not it wasn't my number one strategy it was mm-hmm. definitely second you know and um I, but i didn't want to sell life insurance forever either that wasn't my mm-hmm. goal you know my goal to sell life insurance certainly at the beginning was to make money to change my family situation i mean we were in a very very bad spot financially when i started had a lot of debt um you know, uh, my kids couldn't do anything ever. Like I had to say mm-hmm. no a lot, you know, five kids ain't cheap. Right. You know? So, um, I wanted to get out of that situation first and then mortgages work the same way in that you can sell alone and get paid, but I could hire you to sell, especially when I did it, there was all the, all the regulation wasn't in place. Mm-hmm. So to become a mortgage broker in 2006, when I did, it was stupid easy. Yeah. Which and is I why could, 2008 happened. <laughs> correct. And to yeah. be a loan officer, you didn't, there was no light. You could just roll out of bed and be like, I'm a loan officer today. That is the same thing nothing. to get a mortgage. What I've heard, I was like seven years old at the time, yeah. but I've heard you, you just, it was, walk in and you just, you hand out like TikToks, dude. Yeah. Yes. So, but in that space, I could, I could, I became a broker because it cost a hundred bucks and there was literally no exam. It was so easy then, but I, the, the place I was working for took half the money. So if I made a sale, they took 50%, gave me 50%. I was like, this is dumb. Well, let me look into this. Well, I found if for a little application to the state of Georgia, you become a broker, you make 100%. Now you got to figure out the software and all that stuff. But I was like, okay, that was easy. And then what I did is I went and got the broker's license. And then the other loan officers that I learned the business with, they put us in this little school. And there was like 10 or five or 10 of them that I kind of got to know that we're all getting paid 50% too. I was like, y'all pay you 75%. Mm-hmm. And I just took 25. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I got, when I, fairly quick after I got into the mortgage industry, I realized you could do that. So I, I, I had like six or eight or 10 people on and off. And the dude who got me into insurance was one of them, hired him off Craigslist to sell mortgages. Mm-hmm. So they, I would <laughs> sell my own and I'd make the whole commission. They would sell theirs and I'd make 25% of it. So at one point I had a little office and I had a, you know, a couple handfuls of people selling and again, it did well for literally like nine months. So when you, when it rolled into insurance, insurance works the same way where I can mm-hmm. sell insurance and make the commission great. But I could, as you probably know, I could hire you and your commissions here. Mine's here. I just make the difference when you sell it works mm-hmm. identical to mortgages in, in theory. So that, that was a big moment that clicked for me too. When he explained it, I was like, Oh, I can build again. So when I came into it right off the rip, my goal was to find people that were in the mortgage industry and bring them into the insurance industry and just help them teach them how to do it. And because the insurance industry works where if I'm responsible for this much volume, they'll pay me this much. If you do this much volume, they pay you this much. Mm-hmm. So if I get a few people, my volume goes up, they pay me more and they pay you what you get down here. So I just, I, I live in the spread world. Yeah. You know, so my goal was to bring people from the mortgage industry and recruit them and bring them over. I, so that's how I started recruiting those people I knew mm-hmm. from the mortgage days. And, um, you know, then I really learned how it all works. And I'm like, no, there's real money in this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, for again, if I make 10%, again, you make a thousand bucks, I make a hundred bucks and it doesn't come out of your money. You yeah. Okay. The insurance company's paying it. So I was just like, how many of those can I get? 
you know, and I just, I started, when I started selling at a high level, man, and making multiple six figures selling, it became really attractive to people. It became really easy to recruit and teach people how to do it. And I just showed them what I did. You know what I mean, here's the phone script. Here's how you go into the house. Here's the product. Here's the leads. Do the, you know, and I just, I lived on that spread. And to get to the million, it happened pretty quick. I got 15, it was like whatever it was for something. 16 was the first year I really started to get a team. My income almost doubled that year. Mm. And then in 17, it doubled again. That's the first year I went over a million was 17. And we probably had the beginning of 17. That's why actually when I hired Amanda, my staff, she's been with me six years now. I hired her in the summer of 17. And we probably had 40, 45 agents at that time. And I, I got yeah. over seven and I stopped selling that year too. So that 40 something agents on, you know, 10, 15, 20% override, they call it in this yeah. world. I mean, that, that led to well over a million. You know, they yeah. had expenses. I got an office, I paid staff, you know what I mean? You start having expenses there, but I netted, I netted over a million for the first time in 17. Yeah. And, uh, with 40 agents. Yeah. 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 So then at that game, it's building the business, recruiting, finding people. And the important piece is finding people that are going to sell, of course, because they have to sell, but also yeah. people who are going to sell and build their own team. Yeah, that, that was ideal. Part of it, right? No one, no yeah. one makes money if you don't sell. So me, yep. hiring people does nothing here. You know, it's not one of those gigs. We don't sell anything. Yeah. There's no product. There's no sugar or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just it, like- It's I a real job. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go sell life insurance. No one's getting paid. Yeah. You know, so, and I had this, so I had to start choosing who to sell because they're all 1099. I can't make you do anything, you know? And, mm-hmm. but at the same, same time, I decided I was 1099 too. And I was, I can, I know how to make several hundred grand selling. So I was like, if you don't want to do these things, I'm out. I just, I'm looking for the person who wants to work hard, who wants to change their family's life. Like I did, who wants to be coachable. Like I was, um, you know, and it was, it was cool watching the guys that helped me do this live through seeing my family change. They were damn more excited than I was, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, man, I want to give that to other people. That became fun. When I was, rec- when I was recruiting at the beginning, it was straight for the money. And I didn't, I didn't grow that well. It was like, come in, sell, uh, just go sell. You know, I didn't, mm. to be honest, I didn't really give a crap. I didn't take time with people. Um, but when I realized what it did for me, I was like, yo, I really want to teach people to feel this. Yeah. You know, how, and I started, how, how do you get those conversations with people that are like really going to perform on the team? It's really going to change their life. Yeah. I mean, be, be clear. The majority don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's expected 80, 20 rule, bro. It's like 95, 99%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not most don't to be, no, most say they will do it. You know? So I had to get for me, I had to get, yeah. I had to well, one be really you, yeah, 2000 on any given month that are going to sell an insurance policy. That's a big yeah. number. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, and again, to be, by the end of the year, we'll probably have 6,000 unique writers and mm-hmm. only 2000 a month. So hell two thirds of them quit before they even start. Really? Just because mm-hmm. most people don't have what it takes when they get told. We get told no a lot, but it is what it is, you know, but the yeses mm-hmm. pay really well. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can, if you can learn to adapt, it's like baseball, dude, there's a lot of no's in baseball. You yeah. strike out a lot, but the yeses, yeah. man, you know, so I, um, I had to you get can't hit a home run if you don't swing. That's one of Correct. my favorite, favorite yeah. sales mindset thing, quotes. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I had a Jordan one. I still have it out there, but I had it over my desk where I dialed every day for years. And it was like, I don't know the exact numbers it's out there, but it was like Jordan made X number of shots, 
he, mm-hmm. but he missed this many shots and you know what I mean? It goes through all his misses. Yeah. And he's like, but that's why all I'm the great. games he lost, all yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah. You know, I had to, um, this took a while, man. This took a while for me to figure out with independent people. Cause I learned everybody wants, everybody would take the money. Who would say mm-hmm. no? You right. know, you want to get rich? Yeah. You're going to work hard. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to do training. Yeah. They all say yes. You know, so I got mm-hmm. yes to death at the beginning. And then I re- realized like people's actions don't align with their words a lot. So I had to get really good at kind of setting expectations. I had to set boundaries in a sense. Cause again, in my world, they don't have to work with me. You're telling you go work anywhere you want. 1099 independent agents don't matter. Same as real estate. You can go work at Keller Williams or ABC real estate. It doesn't matter. But at the same time, I, one day I'm like, yo, I'm 1099 too. And I don't have to hire these fools, mm-hmm. you know? So I became really particular about who I was going to work with. Um, and I, it, it took me a long time to realize these few things, but what, what it boiled down to me was I needed people to be number one, coachable. Number two, do the things you say you're going to do. And number three, if you can't do those things, communicate with me. Because those are the three things that annoyed the crap out of me. If you weren't coachable, I got frustrated. If you didn't do what you said you would, I got frustrated. I would get fr- It would annoy me. So I learned those three barriers were the most important to me. So if you're coachable, amen. If you do what you say you're going to do, amen. Where I used to be like, you have to run a zillion appointments a minute. But if you didn't, if I didn't do a good job figuring out who you were, you may not want that. You may not want to make a million bucks. You may not mm. want to sacrifice. I don't know. I didn't ask that. But if I'm asked, so I had to really get really good at asking people, like figuring out where they were at in life, where they wanted to go. And most importantly, what they were willing to sacrifice in that middle to get there. Because you and I might be in the same spot. We might want to get to the same spot. But if you're willing to sacrifice more than I am, mm-hmm. the likelihood of you getting there first is really high. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if, you're, if you're willing to miss stuff to get there, and I'm not willing to miss anything or work nights or weekends, you're probably going to beat me there. So that became really important in, in, in figuring out who I was as me really, again, getting you to say what you, where you were at, getting you to say what you wanted and getting you to say what you want to sacrifice. So that meant I had to ask really good questions mm-hmm. and I had to actually give a crap about you to be curious and understand you and know your family situation and kids and spouse. Is there sports? Are you involved? Are you not? Is it every other weekend? Are you a single mom, single dad? Like what's the dynamic? You know, I had to figure that stuff out. And then once I understood that, I could give someone a game plan based on what you said you want. All right. You say you want this. Here's how I see it working. you got to run this many leads, this many appointments, this many days. Can you do this? You're going to say yes or no. You say yes and then don't do it. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to be clear. If you say you're going to do it and don't, after a few times, I'm definitely quitting you before you quit me. Is that fair? And people would say yes. Cause I'm like, yeah. again, if you go to the gym and you're like, I want to get muscles, but you don't show up to training when he tells you to train, eventually the trainer's going to stop taking you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I had to have that, but at the same time, keep patience and understand this is hard. And I, I gotta, I gotta spend time with people and be willing to teach them. And you know, there has to be this balance where we both have to work together. Like, and that's hard to find with a stranger, man. Yeah. yeah. So is this a conversation on the front end or? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, doing it. I'm on the interview. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, hundred percent. So, so that's a pretty good filter for someone yeah. who's going to be the right fit. Yeah. So now, now they join the team. Are, are you coaching the team? Are you 
Yeah, Leading especially them. early. It, yeah. Early, it was one on one. I mean, every time I touched every agent that came in at the beginning because I, it, I was all there was. Mm. And were they you coming know? into the office in person or what? No, was it most nationwide? over the phone. I had an yeah. office, um, yeah. so certainly if they were local. Um, and to be clear, when I say I had it, at the beginning, I own the office now, but at the time, it was another dude's office, the guy who mentored me, and I just rented a little office in his space, mm-hmm. um, like a literally a single office at the time. Um, now I own several like buildings, but so I would, if people were local, I would get them to come in there because they could see us dialing. They could see us booking appointments. You know, a lot of things happen virtually now and through zoom and things like that. But in, at the time we had trainings in the office, if they were remote, you know, we'd put a camera up and they could watch it remotely. We had phone calls throughout the week, you know, a little training call, Wednesday night training call, and eventually went to zoom and, you know, um, and then throughout the week, but there was, there was a lot of one-on-one stuff throughout the week when you dealt with stuff, you know, meaning you book it, you try to book an appointment and you get told that off. You're probably going to call me and go like, Hey, what do I say here? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't make you wait till next Monday when we have the training to answer that. You know, if you miss a sale or you're sitting with Bob and Mary and something comes up and you don't know how to handle it, they called me, you know, yeah. and, and the ones that did well would call and the ones that didn't, they would just go home and pout and not call. And I'd be like, what happened? They said, no, didn't you call me? Well, I didn't, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know if I should call or I, I knew you were busy or they, some excuse. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, remember the coachable part? I yeah. told you to call me. If you're not going to be coachable, I'm out. And if you're busy, you won't answer the phone, but you'll answer right. if you can. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have hired you if I was going to, you know what I mean? We, I had a yeah. rule. I had a cool rule and I learned it from the guy that mentored me. It was his rule. I just stole it. Um, to where if you were sitting with a client and you needed help at the moment, you call back to back. And that was like a mm-hmm. signal. Yeah. You know, cause if I'm with a client, I may not answer on the first try, but if you call twice, that means I'm sitting with a client and I need help right now. I'd pick up no matter where I was, mm-hmm. you know? And now if you called twice and you weren't with a client, cause you knew it was going to make me answer you, that rule didn't apply you to you. Yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> don't, you ruined the rule, you yeah. know, but it was, it was that for a lot of years, man. It was all of. 14, I started dinking around with recruiting. 15, it really started to take off. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, man, I was one-on-one a lot. Um, and fortunately, within that group, obviously, the goal for me was to find other guys or girls who thought similar and also wanted to build a team. And then it became not only teaching people to sell, it became teaching you, for instance, how to manage your crew, how mm-hmm. I communicate with them, how I set up trainings, how I get them started. Because if I can... I can only, again, same thing. I can only talk to so many agents in a day. Right. I'm one guy. With a team that big, how do you facilitate training, management? Yeah, now we have, honestly, it's easier now. It's easier now than mm-hmm. ever. Honestly, it was way harder with 40 agents, like 20x harder with 40 agents than it is with a couple thousand, for sure. Yeah. It's not cool. even in the ballpark. What does it look like? I'd imagine there's a ton of leaders within the company. Yeah, that 100%. A lot of that. Dude, I had some of them are freaking 20x smarter than me now. I'm yeah. like, yo, he's good. Go to his training. He's way better. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I, I got him to a point and then I, you let people shine. You know, if you, some people, I'm really good at some things and those guys are really good at other things. And a lot now we work together with a lot of things. So we figured out now instead of me trying to, me trying to do everything in my office and teaching you to do everything, the exact same things in your office. Some of us now we work together. It's like you do the piece you're good at for both of us. I'll do the piece I'm good at for both of us. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So now we've yes. become way more efficient. 
instead of all of us trying to do everything, it became like, Hey, you're really good here. You do this. You're really good here. You do this. You're really good at training. You're really good at numbers. You're really like I do. I'm big on like systems now, automations. I'm a, I'm a systems nerd, you know? So we have a, we have a lot of systems for recruiting and lead distribution and automations. And I like, I like things like that. So I live in that world today. And mm-hmm. some of the other guys are really good at generating leads. I wouldn't know how to generate a lead if my house depending on, I just, I don't know how to do it. I run a Facebook ad. I'm like, bro, I have no clue how to do that. Yeah. You know? So, but I got a, one of the guys who leads a huge, huge agency with an R's. He's great at it. So he does it, but he doesn't know how to like, we were just, we were talking right before I called you before we got on here. He called me and he's trying to figure out something in Excel. And I'm like, dude, why are you even messing with it? Just send it to me, dude. Like, stop. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He doesn't mess Every, with it. Everybody has, just has their talent. Yeah. Uh, especially so that's how it happens. Having a, today. having a big team, it helps. You don't, you don't have to be the Facebook ads guy. Yeah. It became, I learned like the best promoters grow the most. So I would promote hmm. instead of everything coming to me, getting out of stage, I was every piece of it. Sure. But high level, there was trainings provided by the company. So I'd promote the trainings. If you were doing a training on whatever, I'd push people to you. I'd be like, yo, he's freaking really good at this training. You should jump on this. It's at this time. It's, and I'd hype you up to get people excited. And people, people believe in people who believe in other people. Mm -hmm. If I believe in you, they believe in me. It's really weird. So me getting excited about you is way better than me getting excited about myself in the eyes of others. You know, so we learned how to do that really well. Um, and again, we've had, and we have a lot of people in their early twenties printing money in this space now. Yeah, so it's I really easy it. to just go like, yo, go look at this, look at this kid. He's making X, he's doing this. And yeah. you know, they and do a lot for of recruiting training efforts. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good piece to show. Yeah. yeah. So what, what does recruiting usually look like? Like how does someone come across your opportunity and end up on your team. Yeah. I mean, we, we do, it's a lot, a lot of ways now. Um, and again, we probably, we have hundreds of people that are recruiting at this stage. We probably have like full-time recruiters on the team. No, 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 not on okay. payroll. They're like, I teach them 1099. They want to build an agency at all different. Okay. Levels. Yeah. You know, but that's what they're doing full-time. Yeah. They, and they have staff, you know, yeah. again, I don't have a ton of staff on my payroll, but I teach a bunch of people how to have a couple staff. So within mm-hmm. the whole agency, there's hundreds of staff. I just don't have to pay them all the other, you know what I mean? Some other people are paying them direct. Um, but there's a couple hundred guys that are trying to some level to build some type of agency. So all different levels, you know, so a majority come in because of how many people are doing it at this stage. But for me individually, even today, we run ads, different places, the Facebook ads I was telling you about, we, we certainly run ads on all social and they come in. And we have like an automation where they distribute to different, like if you say you want to recruit and you're on my team, but you're not at a stage where you like want to run your own ads or whatever, we just put you on a lead on a, on a recruiting lead program. Mm-hmm. And they come in and we have an automation that spits them out to different people round Robin. So if we get 10 in and go to 10 different guys, one, 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 one. Uh, so we have a ton of people on that, just literally cold market recruiting. And then like you mentioned earlier from a cold market, we're certainly at some point, sometimes early, sometimes later, going to figure out like, who else do you know? Mm-hmm. You know what everybody's looking? Are you in the space? Do you know someone from another company? Like we're definitely going to try to get the warm market of, of, of the people coming on board as well. And then, you know, just the size and scale of things we've done today. I get a ton of people off social. I mean, I get, I get a mm-hmm. fair amount of following and people hit me up in my DMS and things like, Hey, I see your stuff on. So I put out videos every day. You yep. know, I don't know how good they are, but I put one every day. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, edit them out. We post. quantity quantity helps. Yeah, you know, so we we and we're out there a lot. Um, so a lot of it's again through my social is fairly regular, and then cold market and again at scale. We just teach a lot of people how to do it. Mm. Whether you want to, be, and you can make good money with. You don't have to have two thousand PM. You make I would make good money with ten twenty people. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we heard what the forty did. Yeah, you, know, you don't you don't need an army necessarily now. To get 40 stay, buckle the hell up. You ain't hiring 40 and keep a 40. Not in this space. Ain't no chance. You know, I went through, God, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands to get the 40. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. people apply, people quit. To be honest, dude, most people who go like, yeah, I want to do it. Hell, the majority won't even go get their license. They quit before they even get that far. Yeah, dude. And that doesn't take long. You could do that in under a week or a little over a week. Yeah. I mean, if you're going slow, you can get in a week and a half. Yeah. You know, we've had a couple maniacs finish in a day or two. Wow. Yeah. I got mine in 10 days. I was like doing it at night after work. It was no, wasn't rushed, you know? Yeah. Because most people start part-time. A good amount do. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think the younger it's getting, this is turning into like the young dude's business. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's the average age at our company. I was 30, bro. And I definitely drag it the other way. I'm 46 now. You know, mm. it, this is not like the old dude's industry anymore. There's a ton of people. I and mean, again, we, I was fortunate enough to have our agency acquired. So I, we were, we were, we were purchased and I, I'm a managing partner of the company now and, and run it. Um, and we've had a lot of people in the company have that. Um, the youngest, a guy that I started working with, the dude I was telling you, I work super close with the Excel example a minute ago, he does all the Facebook stuff. He, um, he started with me when he was 22 and his family, he comes from a family of doctors. Mm. So he was, he was supposed to go to like dental school and do the doctor thing like his family. And he bounced on medical school to do this. And, uh, like at 25 or 26, man, he built it big enough to sell yeah. his agency. Make, multi, make him more money seven. than doctors. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Good. It makes way more money than his dad. Yeah. You know, and that's, he was the youngest partner at the time. I can't remember if he was 25 or 26, but since then there's been a couple even younger than him build multi seven figure companies in this space, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's, anything's possible. You know, it's, it's wild watching it change in the last 10 years. I was considered a young, when I got in it at 35, Mm -hmm. you know, I was definitely on the younger side. Now I'm like freaking old man compared when I go to these events and I'm like, Dude, they're, they're all happy. 20. Most, they're younger <laughs> than my kids, bro. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's been, it's been a neat journey. I love, I love the industry though. There's so much opportunity, so many, so many cool relationships, um, so many different ways to make money in the business. And there's enough business for everybody. That's the beauty, mm-hmm. the beauty of it. Yeah. Like you come in, okay, you compete. I'm buddies with competitors. You know, I do a lot of events where it's people from different companies and I know them and we talk. It's just, who cares, dude? It's interesting. So many, so many people out there. The same, like we're in the, we're in the tax business and it's like, we'll collaborate with other people in the tax Mm -hmm. business because there's 300 million taxpayers in the country. Yeah. Yeah. It's plenty. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be okay. And, and, and to have a very big accounting firm would be only in the thousands. Like 10,000 yeah, would be a massive, massive accounting right? firm. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's fine. Um, but w- what's next for you? Like, what is your goal with all of this, building the business and increasing yeah. your income? Man, um, some of us trying to develop right now. You know, I, um, my goal 
the immediate thing we're doing now is helping other agents, guys that guys and girls that want to build agencies. I'm really, I spend a lot of time helping people develop their agencies to build them faster, just duplicate things we've done, put systems in play, just the things I've learned. I can definitely teach you how to do it quicker than I did it because I have messed up. I messed up every day still, dude. I do, mm-hmm. I do stupid things every day, but that's how we learn. You know, yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay making mistakes. It doesn't bother me at all. Like I get frustrated, but it's like, all right, what do we learn from it? Um, so I spend a ton of time with people building agency now for sure. Um, so that's fun. I do a lot of speaking mm-hmm. at events, which is kind of fun. I'm like, I'm enjoying that. Um, which is pretty cool. I never thought I dude. I took three years to get my last class done to get my bachelor's degree. And it was public speaking and I wouldn't take it. Really? You know? Cause I, yeah, I was like, Oh, I ain't doing that class, but I couldn't get my degree without it. So I, that was my last guy. Literally three years. I sat on the sidelines before I, before I took that class. And now you're and, actively uh, pursuing it as a yeah. hobby and business activity. Now I, now I do it all the time. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, this is crazy. So I, I do a lot of that. And then, you know, I'm focusing really right now. I'm building a lot of relationships cause our, we're still, we're still actively growing the company. Um, we're trying to grow integrity marketing. We're certainly, you know, trying to build it to a point where it's like, can we, can we, can I, we be a part of making this entity big enough to one day go public, you know, and, and, and really see it kind of hit its full fruition. Uh, we have some internal goals as a company. So I'm just trying to be a part of <clears throat> part of the big picture. You know, you think of companies like mm-hmm. Primerica and, you know, some of WFG and the big well-known companies that are out there in this space. And like, we're, we're that in the make, like at really far in the process. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm still enjoying being part of that. Um, and so it's this little balance of figuring out what do I do with it all next? You know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I, I like letting things sort of come and develop on their own a little bit, you know? So the next big thing, not on the radar yet, but it'll be in the space, you know, building relationships and see where things go right now. Just focusing on focusing on hitting the finish line with, with the growth of the company yeah. you know, over the next few years. So. Are you doing much investment outside of growing your business, like real estate or anything like that? Yeah. So I, I own like uh, five commercial buildings right now. That's been, that's been cool. I got into mm-hmm. that just by mistake really. So it's been neat. I've done, I've done fairly well in the real estate game. Um, commercial. Mm-hmm. I never did. I've never owned a residential like where I rented it. Yeah. Um, but I've made some money on some residential ones that I bought. Like I bought like a second home in the mountains mm-hmm. and the market went crazy. And I like doubled my money in like a year and a half. I was like, Oh, that was cool. Yeah. In, uh, in uh, Georgia. Like Georgia yeah. Georgia. Yeah. 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 I, I grew up in Blue Ridge. Okay. I grew up in Blue Ridge. I was about to say that. No way. No yeah. Way. So yeah, kind of same thing happened with my dad back in maybe 2017. He bought mm-hmm. five cabins. In 2020, yeah. they had tripled. Yeah. And yep. I bought in 2019, I think. Mm. And we, we sold it last year. Yeah. So I was like, that was, that was pretty cool. So I'm, I mess with real estate. I'm not really in like the market. That scares me. That, that stresses me out. I don't understand. I don't understand. Like the stock market. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't mess I like, with that either. I like control and I don't, I don't, I feel out of control with that. So I let a guy do that. I don't mess. I have money somewhere in it, but I don't. I don't actively mess with it. Um, so really right now it's real estate is a majority of outside stuff. And then, you know, at, at some point we'll, be, there's certainly some ancillary products in the insurance space that we're 
planning in the future to to build out. Right now, it's just not on the on, on the radar, just time wise and what we're building. But there's some things we're prepping down the road, you know, that um that we can because I can certainly take some of the things we've built internally and take them to the insurance space, knowing it'll help people. So I'll, I'll monetize some of that down the road. Yeah. Like systems, um, software, yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My mom's a computer programmer. Oh, Her really? husband. Yeah. And so I kind of grew up in the computer kind of nerdy. I, I never did it for a living, but I was always around it. Um, and so I, she, when I was a kid, she would put me in classes. So I understood it enough to be dangerous. So in my accounting world, I started doing some like automations and, programming and like you can program stuff in Excel. So I started messing with it a little, like I know more than the average Joe, but mm-hmm. if you put me with a programmer that I'd get skunked, I'm not that great, but I know enough. I know enough about both sides, like the sales user side and the like creation side. So I, I like to like blend the two worlds. Um, so we do fairly well at that. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there trying to grow their companies and they suck at systems. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just not good at that piece of it. And automations make people's heads want to explode. And I love that world. I just, I do it for fun. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're helping some people do stuff like that. As yeah. Well. And, and that could probably apply across multiple industries yeah, outside of insurance. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. For any, anything that involves selling. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> A lot of that translates. Um, well, I, I appreciate the time. I think this was a good conversation. It helped me a lot just learning, um, yeah the stuff that you've learned. My favorite way to learn something is something someone else learned the hard way. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate you giving me that opportunity. Is there anything else you wanted to leave, wanted to cover that we haven't touched on? Man, I always just, I try to end calls like this with like, whoever's listening, like go get what you want. You know, it's going to be, you ever see those graphics? I saw one this morning where it's like, the way I thought it was going to go. And it's like the dude riding the bicycle on a straight road. Mm-hmm. And it's like the way it really goes. And it's, it's like, like wiggles. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's everything, you know? And I think so many people, especially in insurance, I'm sure it happens in other industries that I don't know, but I'm sure it's similar. You start something and then they come to that first little wiggle where it gets hard and they quit for the next shiny thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, dude, there's successful people in every, every walk of life. Yeah. So if you can, if you can, if you can latch on to something, especially with someone that's had success and whatever you're looking for, man, go all out at it, you know, and, and, and be willing to, if it weren't hard, it probably wouldn't pay well. That's what I've learned. Like, yeah, it's hard. Hmm. If, if it were easy, it would pay like crap. You know, if anybody could just walk in and do it with no effort, like, would it really be worth anything? You know, I look at this and I wish more people would look at regular life this way. You know, sport. Do you follow sports? You sports mm-hmm. guy? Yeah, follow it a I, little know. bit. I don't watch yeah. sports as much as I used to. But. Me either, but enough to know that there's a draft in yeah. about every sports there is, right? And they have a draft and they're looking for something in particular. There's a million people that can catch a football. In mm-hmm. fact, there's a million people that can catch football really damn good. Yeah. But you if know? the Patriots already have those positions filled, yeah. they're not looking. Correct. Someone else is. If they are, you got to outwork someone to take that position. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but can you imagine if insurance or tax, whatever, the real estate, the things you do, imagine if we had a draft mm. and we only put the people that put forth the effort that's required to make the NFL, for instance, the equivalent of, you know, and they're looking, typically they're looking for the intangible things 
in, in those worlds. Again, how many people can catch a football or throw? Who cares? It's like, how well do they look at like how well they perform under pressure? How well they handle themselves in the off season? Do they work out in the off season? How they handle when they get a bad call? What's their mental state? You know, do they go clubbing on the weekends? How do they treat their fan? Like they look at all these intangible things mm-hmm. as definitely the, the last, like, here's what's going to differentiate the two people. It's very rare. Like the football ability is like the final straw. You got two guys that are equally good. They're looking at the little intangibles, you know? And so with this, I tried to be like phenomenal at those little intangibles and the little things. And when it gets hard, how do I handle it? You know, and I really look at this thing like maybe there's not an official draft in business, but I feel like there is. The marketplace determines it. 100%. Yeah. You know, so if whatever it is you want to get into, if there were a draft in your industry, would you get picked? You know, and I try to go at life every day trying to be like a top round draft pick in, in whatever I do, you know? So I think that takes hard work. And nobody's confused on what it takes to do that in the sports world. In fact, there's probably a lot of people who are going to listen to this and they probably get mad mm-hmm. at the athletes they watch on TV when they don't put in the effort that they as the viewer expects. You know what I'm saying? Like we get mm-hmm. mad at the athletes when they're out partying and they have a crappy game on Sunday. It's like, do you look at yourself that way? Do you hold yourself as accountable as you expect others especially when they're entertaining or servicing us, you know, think about the level of expectations we have of someone when we go to a restaurant to eat and you order your steak medium well, and they bring it medium rare, or you have sweet tea and they bring unsweet tea. And w- your expectation is they should get it right a hundred percent of the time or I'm mad. Do you have that same level of expectation of yourself? the way you're performing in your current career, whatever you're chasing currently, you know, and I, I try to keep that in mind every day. And then I'm like, I'm also a big fan of like, why not me? So like, why not you? If I can have success, so can you, yeah. you know, if you can have success, so can they, I just, I don't think we're that special. I just, I know I outworked a lot of people I quit when I got hard and didn't hold themselves to a higher standard. And I'm not perfect, dude. I'm a train wreck in a lot of ways, but try to outperform the average Joe and, you know, continue to get better every day. And, you know, I, again, I think those of you that want it out there, go get it. Like, why not? You can do it. Like, why not? It ain't gonna happen tomorrow. Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you look back, man, like I can't pick the day where I like knew I was really good at this. I don't know. I don't know when, I don't know, like on this day that happened. But when I look back, I'm like, I remember being really bad and really new, like it was yesterday. These 11 years have flown by, but going through it, I can remember, you know, a Tuesday in 2014, man, where I had to pull over on the side of the road and wanted to cry and quit. I remember how long that damn day took. I remember missing, you know, eight sales in a row one day and like, what am I doing? I remember that damn day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm making it through those days. When you look back, man, it flies by. You know, so just expect it, you know, and if you want, again, you want something, go get it. And I'm a big, like, why not you? It's hopefully someone watching. It triggers something. One day they look back and go, I remember that day. Those two didn't even really, we don't even know, really know each other. We know of each other. We see each other on social, but we're for the zero to be clear. Zero prep. No planning. (laughs) So, you know, this goal is help you guys and whoever's watching, 
you know, hopefully, hopefully we're a piece of that journey for you, but go out and get yours. Yeah. Thank you. Where, where people get in touch with you if they want to hear more and yeah, I'm on, I'm on social. Um, John Wetmore, dot com w e so it's J, you'll probably put it up but w e t m r e people always spell my last name wrong and then when i spell it they're like oh just like it sounds I'm like yes yeah but i'm on, I'm on instagram and facebook every day we post my team post stuff to the other platforms but me personally i check instagram it's uh, john wetmore 347 and facebook i think you just look up your name but if you go to johnwetmore.com there's links to all my socials i'm not that hard to find um so yeah yeah um, hit me up there if i can help with anything more than happy to all right. Well, I appreciate it. If you're still listening at this point, I appreciate you and we'll see you on the next one. My dude. <laughs>